Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Dynamics Corner, the podcast where we dive deep into all things Microsoft Dynamics. Whether you're a seasoned expert or just starting your journey into the world of Dynamics 365, this is your place to gain insights, learn new tricks, and hear from industry experts. In this episode, I'm excited to hear all about the stuff from this guest.、Uh, I'm your host, Chris, and this is Brad. This episode was recorded on June thirtieth, two thousand twenty-three. Chris, 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 you talked about yes, insights.、Man. You talked about、yes. our guest, and every time we speak with him, I have more insight, and I'm often left speechless because of the information that he shares. Ideas. With, <laughs> it's it's amazing, amazing, and he he、yeah. told us a lot of great things today. Not only about VC Tech Days, the re- recent conference, but also some of his tips and tricks for getting things done. With us, we have Jeremy Visca. Special guest today. Let me go see who this is. I got the chair ready. You do have the chair ready. Yeah. Did you put the lights and the microphone there? Got it. Yep. All right. Great, All set.、Great. Let's see who it is. <laughs> Jeremy, how are you doing today? Hello. hello. Thank you for hey, joining us. We're very happy for you to come join us today on this special day. Jeremy, if you haven't noticed, we've upgraded a bit since your last visit. <laughs> So we have some new toys and some new fun. <laughs> How are you doing? I、yeah. can hear you. We can hear you. Can Hope, hear you. Hopefully, the video is still being recorded locally. Charming. <laughs> no、It's、worries. Okay, we we can work with that. Chris can cut that、uh, too. Perhaps、so. video, but I'm still here by Chris, audio. If you can hear me. <laughs> We've had our technical challenges. It's Friday. It gave up. Well, it's like it's Friday. I'm out. Camera butt while we chat. <laughs> It is actually really appropriate and on theme that we are kicking this off with some of the technical challenges that we're experiencing. Because、uh, as much as I find、uh, tech days to be wonderful, and there we go, working again.、Um, I heard the news today that、uh, hooray in the good way. That BC Tech Days has uploaded all of the content that was successfully recorded、uh, to their YouTube channel today.、Yeah. Uh, if you go to Mibuso TV, it drops you、Mibuso. straight to that. Mibuso TV. The bad news was was that there were, yeah, the bad news was was that there were a few sessions where apparently the recording did not successfully capture. Uh, so there is a there is some technical challenges. Is the theme of the month? It is, it and sometimes it's fitting. We rely on technology a lot, but and it, it is usually reliable. But sometimes, as as we've all experienced this morning,、uh, sometimes things happen. But you mentioned some great points. BC Tech Days was last week at the time of this recording,、mm-hmm. and I followed a lot of the content、mm-hmm. that was presented on Twitter and, and other sources. And my envy 
and jealousy level was through the roof for two reasons. One, because of all the great content that was put out. <laughs> and two, I had hoped to be able to attend, but due to scheduling, I was not able to attend. And I'm thankful that you're here to talk to us about the conference because after seeing it, the content that was put out, it is on my top list for next year. So I'm going to start planning now. <laughs> well, uh, I will say absolutely that uh, one of my favorite things about Tech Days is that it is remarkably focused on, well, appropriately, the technology and the mission of how do we achieve some of the different things with the tools that we have today and what should we be thinking about for the tools for tomorrow. Um, and that focus on the technical aspect is the real specialization of it that makes it, uh, I think, a lot of fun for uh, maybe folks who don't always get to go to the, the big conferences or some of the networking conferences. This one is the one you send your team to if you want them to come back sharper. And it so. looks that way. So BC Tech Days, as you'd mentioned, is a conference that you send your team to if they come back sharper. For those that may not know what BC Tech Days, I think the title might give it away. What is the focus of BC Tech Days? We have many conferences. We have Summit, we have EMEA, we have other conferences, you know, DynamicsCon Live over here in the United States, and there's other conferences in uh, Europe as well. So what is the focus for this conference? Well, um, if you think about it from this perspective, and as usual, disclaimer of I am not a, a part of these conferences, I am not on steering committees, I am an attendee and uh, sometimes speaker, but uh, as, as someone who loves going to these events, uh, this is my perspective. Um, the uh, in our ecosystem, you have executive focus thinking, you have consultative and implementation thinking, you have development technical, and then you have some different cross-team roles. And the challenge with conferences is finding what's kind of the right fit for those different things and not to disregard also, you know, users and the people who are living with the system on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, so conferences tend to have a challenge balancing to make sure that there's good content for all those different roles and different pieces. Um, so sometimes you'll hear great, you know, user group. The great thing about Tech Days is that this is their 11th year. Uh, that they have been focused on providing really sharp content uh, for development-focused people um, and people who are delivering around the infrastructure and the technology. Um, some of the other conferences try to have different routes and tracks for people doing all those different things inclusive of technology, and this is very focused on uh, making sure that there's really good content for uh, the people who are <laughs> making making the tech work. Uh, so that's great. So this, if, if you are a functional consultant you, and you attend this conference, you won't find a lot of how to use Business Central. But if you're a developer and you work with the development tools, you'll eat a lot from this conference and have a lot of excitement and be, and, and be full of new information. <laughs> I think so. I mean, if you are going as an implementation or consultative person, you're still going to learn a lot of things, but they may not necessarily be uh, 
core central parts of your mission. You know, like there was some great sessions about power virtual agents or working with power platform and some of these different connected pieces that now are part of the larger ecosystem. And I think even if you're not necessarily a technical person, you'll get some good value out of the uh, attendance. But, you know, that's a uh, it helps to understand the, the focus of things. Um, one of the other things I wanted to highlight that I do like that Tech Days does um, and is pretty phenomenal, and I've participated this second year running, uh, is they do this usually as a two-day conference, uh, but they do um, workshop days around the conference. Uh, for example, the past two years, they do uh, workshop days before and they tend to be eight hour deep dive classes on a specific topic by different people in the industry. Um, and those are worth everything. Um, <laughs> you, you no, get it is to, to have some of that knowledge focused for eight hours or 16 hours with the two days, I think is important. I think with business central development or even development across any other languages, there's a, a fast evolution of functionality within the language and what you can do. Yeah. So reading about it, following videos about it, sometimes is difficult to catch up with it. But if you can have that concentrated eight hours, I think it's a great way to yeah. learn. And I saw those sessions. And again, it's my envy and jealousy for those who were able to participate and experiment and attend. Uh, you know, I almost stopped following it because I would get so envious. <laughs> Uh, so it's, absolutely it's, no it is so of all the news or all of the things that were discussed at the conference and i'm not saying the conference is just focused on new features of business central al because there are a lot of sessions mm -hmm. that focus on things that have been around it's just a matter of how to implement them how to use them and have a, a further deep dive of it but i know that there were some new things revealed that the or new topics that were revealed at this this year's BC Tech Days. Mm -hmm. Can you give us some of the points uh, of, of what you're excited about? Sure. Um, one of the things that kind of stood out to me is actually uh, sort of an interesting take on, uh, I think, kind of the way our ecosystem, our industry is evolving. There wasn't, um, while there are new things that, you know, Microsoft is adding and we're seeing different pieces of how uh, some of the, the hard work of the past six or 12 months is starting to bubble up to the public surface for us. Um, what I found really interesting, if I were to pick kind of a theme of this Tech Days, it was understanding the things that we've received over the past uh, two or three years and how to integrate those into our daily operations. Um, many of the sessions that I attended were much more about here's, uh, it might be something that we've actually had for a year or two years, but how do we really make those part of the tools that we're using? So the overall theme this year felt a lot more uh, along the lines of um, what can we be doing better right away. Not, you know, here's a new thing that's coming, we're going to be able to embrace this big change, but just we have a lot of really interesting tools that have been added to our toolbox in, in the past couple of years. So what can we do with that? Um, you know, it's really easy when you're working with things on a day-to-day -day basis to only focus on what you have done. And uh, a lot of the presentations were great stuff around do do more. Did, did got, you got more. did you find 
anything you you saw that you know caused you to go back and look at your previous solutions like hey maybe i need to you know uh use some of these tools <laughs> well uh i i'm gonna give the bad news is that the top one for that for me was waldo and vieco's talk uh and that was one of the recordings that has been lost oh, um, no. so i'm hopeful that will be resolved uh in another way um and the reason i bring that one up is uh they were talking interfaces and it's not a very exciting sort of thing. It would be, you know, like hearing a plumber convention talking about a great new wrench. Uh, you know, it's hard to get excited about a wrench unless you're a plumber. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, the thought process and theory behind that is there's been a lot of great push for making code testable, more versatile, more performant. Um, and Vieco's learned a lot of really hard lessons along with Waldo on as you're building up your solutions and you're making them work in the modern way. And as you're creating all of this testability framework, you can very easily and accidentally build something that is not very performant for testability. You know, when you write your first hundred tests, you know, it's not a big deal that it takes maybe 20 minutes to run through those tests. But as you're starting to build a really fully featured solution and good test coverage, and now you're testing it with all the localizations across multiple versions so that it's behaving on app source, I've heard from some partners that have great solutions on the market space that when they do their next major test waves, it takes all weekend across eight agents to run. And that's because of the way that we've approached testability. And so when uh, since I was teaching about testability, <laughs> um, it was really interesting to hear Vieco's approach to how can you uh, make your solutions not only loosely coupled, but also uh, highly contextual, uh, making them make sense within pieces while still being separate. So it was really deep nuts and bolts of just good business design or process design. Uh, so again, not very exciting if your focus is how do I set up posting groups, but uh, from a development perspective, it was phenomenal. I'm excited about that wrench. And I think we'll have to have another conversation <laughs> in the future if we don't get into it about testability, because that's something that over the past couple of years, I've gotten more and more into. And I found the benefits, mm -hmm. not only with, you know, testability for stability of your application, but even how you develop your code if you develop it and you can run these tests, because if you need to run specific tests for scenarios, you can really find how well your code is written. And even if you, you know, come up with your test cases, you know, it's that whole conversation of, you know, do you develop your test cases first, you know, your scenarios, and then, you know, code to those scenarios, that whole conversation of when you do it, we could, I think would be a great conversation at some point in the future. But uh, it's it's interesting that I hope that information doesn't get lost forever and we can get that information out there because I would like to see that uh, as well. And the interfaces I, I was had, excited about. I had the, yeah, and I had the uh, the pleasure of seeing Vieco kind of, pre I won't say preview, but he was talking about this in May. Uh, and I caught that session where he was explaining some of the seeds of what became the Tech Days talk. And it was phenomenal because when I did my pre-training, uh, pre-conference training days, you know, I knew kind of roughly where he was going to be going. So our students uh, for our two pre-conference days, 
I, I was saying while we were covering testability topics as one of the pieces of what we were teaching that day, you know, you're going to hear from me like this is how I'm doing it, which is the traditional testability. But I'm expecting if you go to Vieco and Waldo's session, you're going to see that there are more clever ways to make these testable. Um, and, it, you know, once that goes online in some space or another, they'll explain it much better. But uh, a lot of it was thinking of more thoughtfully about how do you make the process be disconnected from the database? Because if you are running tests that rely on tables, you're going to be doing lots of gets and writes and things like that. Whereas if you can be thoughtful about decoupling and disconnecting those things, you can much more easily mock data and create all the different possible settings without doing database writes and without having to do database reads downstream. And that obviously is significantly more performant. Uh, so it was really, really thoughtful stuff that would take, you know, uh, just a handful of tests down from two seconds to a hundred milliseconds. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you multiply that by 500 and then you multiply that by, you know, four major versions and you multiply that by even just a few localizations, that tenfold drop is a big difference. Wow, that is an improvement. And I hope that we can see that. Uh, uh, wow. <laughs> see that? I told you, I hear testability. I just get excited. I want to ask a lot of questions about that, but I'll, <laughs> I'll save that. What are some of the other highlights? And one thing I will say before we talk about the highlights, I think from what it appears to me, from what I saw from afar, they put on a good setup mm -hmm. for the conference as far as, you know, setting up the oh, venue definitely. with all the different uh, signage and posters and stickers. Do they have any stickers? I need to get some. Uh, but I think they—I think it's a well-rounded, <laughs> well-put-together so. conference. From you know what I saw of it, uh, the machinery of the operation of it—they have gotten down to a science. They—they've um, been, I believe, in the same spot now for all eleven years. I think I can't promise that. But uh, when I went for the first time happily after relocating across ocean, uh, I will say that um, it was in the same location. So uh, sometimes the hotel and the pre-conference days uh, will change around to, depending on demand and uh, space and availability and everything. But for the actual conference itself, uh, it's uh, once you've been once you instantly know where everything is because it's been the same place. And so it's it makes it feel like uh, after the first time, uh, it makes it feel a little bit like uh, kind of coming home in a way. You know, um, <laughs> I can't even imagine with folks like Waldo uh, and and company who have been going and going for more than uh, a decade now, like how much that just feels like a quintessential part of BC life at this point. Oh, it's great. I wish <laughs> I do wish we had conferences like that. I know we have several conferences here on, on this side of the globe, but I wish we had some of those more advanced conferences, uh, but I, you know, this it's easy to travel. Yeah. So next year I'll, I'll plan a little bit better to get there. Uh, what were some of the other highlights <laughs> of the conference for you? Um, there was a uh, one session that I thought was a really fascinating uh, on the lovely cutting edge of weird and strange and wonderful because it was such such a different sort of topic uh which was on friday morning um it was put on by tobias fenster and stefan maron uh experiments for bc 
uh, Wasm Code Spaces Linux WTF. Um, <laughs> I saw <and> that post. <laughs> uh, that one is worthy of a watch because uh, Stefan Marone, for example, he works in Linux with BC and has for a while now. And he made uh, a toolkit, uh, which it was kind of fun to be sat in the audience next to the engineer in charge of the AL extension, watching Stefan apply his extension, which patches his AL <laughs> Visual Studio Code extension to work under Linux. It was uh, fun to see that sort of just joy of seeing the community take something he built and, and do something really interesting with that. But the, uh, the code space concept was a really fascinating presentation, uh, particularly because um, much like uh, Docker environments for development use are like single serving places where you have a functional BC stack, code spaces are that but for the development environment. So you kind of pre-configure all of the stuff that you need to have in your code space, and then you just hit go. And now anytime you want to start working with a particular project or environment, you want to add a new person to work in that space, they just hit go. And it becomes this virtual space that your Visual Studio Code connects up to. And now you're developing within this virtual environment. It doesn't require anything in your local system. That's amazing. So, that's so the code space, sort of it's almost, or it's similar to connecting to a remote system for you to work on, but it's hosted is it hosted on github or i believe so uh i think that was how at least the presentation was covering how to use a code space on github so yep um and that was part of the getting it working under linux because the code spaces i saw linux some of their posts about code spaces and how they were able to get al to work on there i haven't had the opportunity but now that i know that that's one that's on mibuso.tv for us to watch those, the ones that are on YouTube, they're all, all of the recordings are fully accessible to anybody watching, regardless if you attended or not, correct? Just wanted to clarify that. Yep. So that's, I haven't worked with the code spaces, but I'll watch that and see if I can experiment with it. There's unfortunately, there's so many things I get excited about and there's only so many minutes in the day that I have to do it on top of what we call life <laughs> that I need to figure out how to have, what? I need to figure out how to have less of a life and more of a BC life, but I don't even know if that's possible. Uh, there has to be some sort of mix there. But, uh, hope I'll let you know if I ever figure that out. Yes, it's it's. I get excited about it, and it's tough. And I realize I have to do other things, and uh, I wish I could put blinders up. <laughs> what were some of the other topics that uh, were interesting to you? I know they all are. Um, I won't, I'm not trying to put you know. on the spot to say some aren't, but some of the ones that you wanted to mention. <laughs> Um, well, and, you know, one of the, the good bad things is that there's always multiple sessions per time slot. So you always are challenged and you'll you'll get to know the pain of this if you're joining us for next year um, is you have to choose which one do I see live versus which one am I going to watch later when it goes online. So I have a huge list now of all these different sessions that I wanted to go to, but I had to make the tough choice of which one to go to. Um, so, for example, uh, one that I think will provide a lot of value to the ecosystem, uh, AJ Kaufman did an API best practices session, um, and that was a whole dive on just if you need to get started with making a custom set of APIs, because it's one of the most common questions he gets, 
here's the basics and what you should be thinking about in development. So that in its own right is going to be like a free micro class in custom API development to get people started. And it'll probably handle about 80% of all API development needs because most of the time it's just, I need a pile of data to be accessible outside of the system, whether for read or for write, what do I do? So that one will be very high value for a lot. And I will have to say, you talked about the APIs. I still reference your book regularly just because it's nice and easy to have that right there. So I remember you put that out and I did pick it up <laughs> when I saw it. But some of those tools that you have, I mean, it's, it's very easy for someone to do that. But to have something that's already existing and in place just makes it so much easier for the rest of us. So I appreciate that. And I'm looking forward to any other future books that you may, uh, you know, present to the community. <laughs> Well, I've got to, uh, because I promised it during tech days, during my session, um, there's actually uh, three open source solutions that I'm working on next month. Uh, two of them are immediately available in the idea proof of concept stage right now. Uh, but the third one I'm doing a little bit more work on uh, to be released this fall. Um, so <laughs> I uh, very much enjoy, if I have to solve a problem over and over again, uh, I cannot be the only one. And if there's not a logical way to monetize it in any brilliant, repeatable sort of way, then I'd rather make it available for everyone to use. So uh, during my talk on testability and how you can use some of the ideas and tools of testability in other contexts, I did uh, two proof of concept extensions uh, and those are already available on GitHub. And I should demoed a third tool that is going to be released this fall uh, that should help a whole bunch with a variety of different scenarios around uh, generating demonstration data uh, from a live database. So that's no, great. And those are publicly available on your GitHub, you said? Mm -hmm. Well, the uh, spare brain okay. ideas. GitHub. The spare brain ideas. So I'll make sure they're in the. Uh, I'll make sure a link to them is in the Mubuso like uh, comment section so people can jump no, that's right great. off. And I'll them. put the link to those uh, they're, they're easy to in the show them. notes as well, just to reference them so that uh, anybody can take a look at those sure. by, by following the link. As far as conference size, how big is the conference generally? Um, I believe just due to um, their uh, traditionally they're in September and this year it had moved to June. Um, with the move to June, I think there were some folks who had already planned out the beginning of their summer when that was announced last September. Uh, so there were a number of people that were not able to attend that normally would be able to. Um, and <laughs> uh, so usually there was about, I believe, 1500 uh, people, which for a purely, you know, really wow. technical focus and everything, that's a really good show. That, that is a, is a large showing <laughs> for a tech-centric yep. conference. Um, or development centric, I guess you could say. I believe this year those numbers were down a little bit. Um, but, you know, like I said, I think that was mostly down to first year changing where it was located in the calendar. And there was some, uh, <laughs> I had to laugh a little bit. Luke, uh, who runs the conference and Mubuso.com, um, he and I were chatting a little bit about it. Uh, by total coincidence and accident, uh, the conference overlapped with Sweden's Midsummer. 
uh, holiday. Well, I say Sweden, but Nordic countries celebrate it quite a bit. Apparently, we went from like 60 some odd Swedes usually attending or more down to five. (laughs) I did see that they announced it's in June next year. So so everybody can plan for that. I personally, for me, I think it's tough. Because over here, a lot of the conferences, it's tough when you focus these conferences because there are so many of them and it's tough to go to them at a certain point because, you know, how many time can you spend at a conference in a given short window? So I'm a fan of the June time frame. Yeah, you're going to have to it's, choose. It's the pick and choose. Yeah, you're going to have to choose each year. Yes. So. Yeah. So you plan out, right? Like what's you, what are you going to do next year? Yes. That, <laughs> yeah, that'll be me. Uh, next year as well, because we had uh, so many great conferences in the April to end of June stretch. Uh, yeah. It would have been a full-time job to have gone to all of them. Yes, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> to it, bet. It, it, it is, it is. <laughs> Which is kind of an interesting to think, thing to think about, too. I was watching, you know, Waldo and Vieco prep for their sessions, um, because, and Waldo talked about it in a blog post he put up, I believe, just this morning, but sometime in the past 24 hours. Um, Waldo was talking about it that uh, when speakers like myself and he uh, do these sessions, uh, these presentations, it's really challenging for us to attend as attendees. Um, So, you know, a lot of the time I was making the decision between do I fine tune my own presentation or do I go see this one? Um, But Waldo and Vieco were working collaboratively uh, pretty much the whole week on preparing for theirs. And like, I I looked at them and the amount of time that they were spending prepping and, you know, being that consultative brain, I couldn't help but think of the number of hours that they were pouring into their talk. And I put uh, a basic rate to that and went, you know, realistically, the talk they're giving is like 20,000 euros worth of knowledge value distilled down to 90 minutes. Um, I'm happy that you mentioned that because that is yeah. one thing that I think gets overlooked that some presentations that get put together, the quality of the presentation by the presenter and the knowledge and the experience that they're sharing. There's a lot of preparation time. I know myself and Chris does mm-hmm. and you you speak as well. You don't just show up and say, OK, I'm going to speak. You have to plan, right. put your slide deck together, make sure your environment's ready. Mm-hmm. And I often you would think sometimes on the technical development side, it's a little more preparation because you have to ensure if there's any code that you're presenting or any demonstrations that you're doing, you want it to work and you want it to work well. And you want to make sure it's structured properly too, because you know, somebody will say something if it's not, which is okay. That's how we learn. On the, on, on the flip side, on the flip side on that, it's, people should attend these sessions because Jeremy, you mentioned that there's a lot of values of people taking the time putting this together and so as organizations that, you know, if you're thinking of going, you really should consider of sending somebody in your organization because you do get a value. You do get tons of value that you can bring back. You know? That's a good so, point. Very good point, Chris, because no, it <laughs> is sure. and to, to compliment what Jeremy said that the cost of sending a resource to these for a company for sending a resource to these conferences you may wonder what the value is, but if they were to have to go through some training or if you had mentioned to learn some of these concepts, what would they have to pay for that? Or how much time would they spend learning it over time? Whereas now if they get it concentrated, they get exactly what they need in that narrow time frame. So it, it, 
does, I think the conferences do pay for themselves uh, in, in this type of atmosphere, which is. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And my experience, um, you know, as an MCT once upon a time, uh, when we had more certifications in business central, although there are, there is a new one coming, uh, there is a development certification coming. So, um, as part of, you know, that training background, uh, when you do course creation, for example, for the eight hour pre-conference workshops, um, generally speaking, you're going to spend anywhere from four to usually about 10 hours per hour of course content you're making. Um, and that's on top of all of the knowledge that you've acquired to get to the point where you're starting to write that course. So if you think about it that way, from an eight hour class perspective, more often than not, uh, you know, you're attending a session that someone has spent 40 to 80 hours really preparing all of just distilling as much knowledge as they can to deliver that in a fairly short time frame. Um, and then you also get all the fun benefits, uh, especially with the, the workshops where, you know, it's usually about uh, 20 students and one teacher. You also have all these wonderful opportunities to meet some of the folks that are in the industry and ask questions like, hey, you know, uh, while we're on break, I'm running into this weird thing with APIs. AJ, can I run this by you? Uh, like being able to build those connections up and, and pick someone's brain in those spare moments is worth more than I think a lot of people give value. I agree to. with you and I'm sold. You mentioned the developer certification. I, I saw the survey go out. I completed the survey when it went out months ago. I, again, I forget which, uh, how long ago it went out. Did they mention when that will be available? Do we have a time frame for that? I have not heard any specific public dates around that yet, uh, and nor have I heard any private dates around that yet. Um, but um, I, <laughs> I was a little bit torn. I knew of the developer certification uh, coming, um, and as an MVP, we do get kind of like sometimes asked early on for feedback. Uh, I know that folks who had passed the MB800 uh, were pulled for some additional feedback uh, towards uh, the developer certifications and that sort of thing. I actually did not qualify to comment on the developer certification because I have yet to take the MB800. Um, <laughs> and, and the reason for that one is simple. Uh, I'm actually in the process right now of updating your first 20 hours uh, to a second edition to come out this fall. Um, and I had been told by a bunch of people that they've been using it as an MB800 study guide. So I want to make sure that when I update the second edition and I add some different topics, no one can say I've written the book to the test. And I want to see if with the second edition, if I can do the same experiment I did with the first edition, which was I gave it to two people who didn't know Business Central and said, can you go past the MB800? I'll pay for you to go take it. Um, and they both scored in the 600s and 700 is passing. So if I, it sounds like if I add just a few more key areas uh, to the uh, operation side of things, then I'll be in uh, good shape for <laughs> second edition, maybe uh, being the MB800 study guide as well. No, that's definitely interesting. interesting. And interesting. I, I appreciate you, your approach for that because you're not taking the test to, to eliminate any 
questions of you writing it for the test. But I also, now yeah. you're talking about writing the second book. Uh, when we, I do, I'm going to contact you after about this testability topic, but we'll also have to throw in there Jeremy's time management skills because I don't know how you do all of this because you also have a family on the side of this. So it's not only working, consulting, you know, as a business <laughs> and doing all of uh, what you do with your family, but it's uh, doing open source projects. It's writing several books. And I just have to figure out what you do. And if you just don't do anything, that's fine too, because maybe that's the time uh, technique. But you have to have some great techniques to be able to get all of this stuff done. So I'm, I'm going to table that for later. Um, two parts. And I'll, I'll give you the two quick answers and reference you can go to. Uh, one is I've worked uh, over and over again with a fantastic executive coach. Um, and what that does is it forces you every week, every two weeks, depending on your rhythm, uh, to really think about what am I trying to accomplish and what's the noise that I should shelve. Um, and that has been phenomenal. I can off, off, uh, <laughs> off conversation. I can give you an explicit referral, but, uh, it was phenomenal. I have an executive coach that was formerly in the business central space and now he just focuses on that. Uh, so that's been, fun. that is great. Uh, no, I definitely would like yep. to get that and information. And the other part is there's, <laughs> and the other part is I'm an oddball outlier in the space as well. And that I have an assistant. Most people do not. Uh, and I did do a stream with AJ and sorry, kind of chatting about the, you know, what does that actually enable? And that's a similar sort of thing of what, what sort of things are just cluttering the workspace between me and my objectives. And it's not necessarily clutter doesn't imply negative in this case, you know, lots of things like scheduling and all that are, are things that must be done, but it doesn't necessarily mean need me to do them. They just need to be done. So uh, there is a there's a great uh, stream. I think that's on the Spare Brain YouTube that you can watch. Uh, that's kind of talking about the value of having an assistant. Uh, and if you're not working with client data, you can probably make good use of virtual uh, private assistants who are more part time. So that way you're keeping your cost of operations low. Uh, mine, I want her to work with clients and uh, be able to work in some of the systems. So I have her as full time staff. Uh, so that way she's under all of our company non disclosure agreements. That's great. Those is I like that. Uh, you know, you're you're one of the people again you know, talking about just focusing, right? Like it's, it's, it's awesome. Uh, that's a good idea. No, too, it is. It's, look into it's... That. <laughs> but if it makes you feel any better, a lot of the things I'm accomplishing right now, I originally envisioned doing in 2011. So if there are goals that are important to you, just make sure that when you put them down, you keep picking them back up on occasion and go, I'm going to get to these. No, it's good. <laughs> I appreciate the advice and uh, appreciate it. It's, you you had some key points there, you know, on top of the BC Tech Days topics. For somebody attending BC Tech Days, do you have any tips or tricks, you know, just to go into that? Like, what would you say, uh, Jeremy's tip? I, I'm getting into tips um, and tricks these days. So what are your tips and tricks for surviving BC Tech Days? <laughs> uh, tip top, I would say... Uh, as early as you can, if there are pre-conference workshops, book both of them, you'll get your values worth. 
Um, last year we had sold out both days fairly quickly. This year we didn't quite sell out both days uh, for many of the conference days. Uh, and I would say those are where you're going to get some of the deepest dives because eight hours on a topic with an expert is hard to beat uh, anywhere. Um, and it's also you're stepping away from your work day to do that eight hour, what can I do better? Uh, the second thing I would say is you also should make sure that as a group, if you're sending only one people or one group of people of a larger entity to go to this conference, you should be planning that when that person comes back, they're gonna have lots of new ideas, new excitement. They're gonna have a whole bunch of things swimming in their brain of things you could be doing. Plan for that and plan your internal organization that when they come back, you carry that momentum forward. Because a lot of what happens when you send people to conferences, you go, yep, well, you got it, no problem. They come back and you're like, cool, tell us all about it. And then half an hour later, you go back to the ticket list that's in your DevOps or whatever have you. Plan to have some, not necessarily teach us all everything you learned, but what are some things that we can do in 30 days, 60 days, and this year that you learned from this conference that we can start working towards. And I think that'll help any organization sending their people get the most value out of those, that whole revved up person coming back. It's a big applause right there. Cause like you, the execution component is going to be so important when you come back. So I love that. I <laughs> myself am speechless after that. That was well said because I, think that it goes with what you focus on these conferences. You had already mentioned there's a lot of concentrated content we talked about that you could typically you would pay for. So there's learning value to these conferences. Then also, if you just go to the conference and come back and forget about it, then you're not getting value from what the value that you've already picked up for going to the conference. So it is important to scheduling and map it out. And it's the it's the notion of you know, help your help yourself help yourself in a sense because if you're going through and getting all of these these new yep. insights on how to do things more efficiently you know such as testing you were talking about or some of the other aspects if you do nothing with it then you're in the same spot again and you did now clut it up your time as you put it now BC Tech Days I did see they announced it's next yep. June I think it was 13th to the 15th if I recall correctly is registration open at this point or not yet. I would be surprised if registration is open, but I admit okay. I haven't. I did see that yet, they announced so, the dates. Um, I do see that they've got the uh, event already. Yep, <laughs> next edition is already up. I don't think they've opened up registration yet, um, but uh, I think be I'll watch that for that too. <laughs> because just like this year, I'll see you at EMEA. Uh, you have to book because it forces you to go, and and some of those conferences and and hotels and such are non-refundable. So if you it forces you again to go. So you already book it up there. Of course. But Jeremy, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today. It's always a pleasure. I look forward to speaking with you more. Don't mute me because I'm sure. going to be chatting with you all the time now. You'll be my coach here in a sense because uh, I'm just <laughs> in admiration of all that you had just said uh, in the, the short time. So we, your time is valuable uh, and we do appreciate you sharing your experience with, with us today. All right. Excellent. Thank you, All guys. Right, thank you. Cha -cha. Always fun to chat. Thank you, Jeremy. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you, Chris 
for your time for another episode of In the Dynamics Corner Chair. And thank you to our guests for participating. Thank you, Brad, for your time. It is a wonderful episode of Dynamics Corner Chair. I would also like to thank our guests for joining us. Thank you for all of our listeners tuning in as well. You can find Brad at developerlife.com. That is D-V-L-P-R-L-I-F-E.com. And you can interact with them via Twitter, D-V-L-P-R-L-I-F-E. You can also find me at matalino.io, M-A-T-A-L-I-N-O dot I-O. And my Twitter handle is matalino 16 And see, you can see those links down below in their show notes. Again, thank you, everyone. Thank you and take care.